This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie Hale, and today we're going to look at the prophets. Yesterday, today, and maybe tomorrow, who are these messengers of God? And as we open up today's program, Archbishop, would you please lead us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O good and gracious God, you have revealed yourself to us in so many powerful ways. You have revealed yourself to us in the beauty of creation, which reflects your goodness and beauty and perfection. You have revealed yourself to us in the sacred scriptures and in a special way through the voice of the prophets. And of course, Father, you have revealed yourself most perfectly to us in your divine Son. As we reflect on these messengers of your will and word, these prophets, we ask you to be with us and open our ears so that we may hear your voice. On all of this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I wanted to start today, Archbishop, and and as I've been listening to the readings, and typically in the lectionary we'll hear the the Old Testament, we have a Psalm, we have a New Testament and the Gospel, but outside of the Easter season, we have these prophets. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah, I think about Ezekiel, I think about Elijah, uh, and what they encounter and what their role is. But I thought today maybe we just look a little bit closer at who are these who are these people that God has chosen over time to share his message, his salvation message? Because, right, it's about God's salvation. Mm-hmm. We read about their experiences, their willingness to go through very difficult times yes. to follow God, to follow his will, not their message, not their words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and let's look a little bit at, at who they were. And then even in Jesus's time, who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? Who is John (laughs) the Baptist? There's this idea of who the prophets are. And do we even have prophets in our own day, those that are continuing to share that message boldly, even in the midst of difficulty? Yeah, you know, and it's a good, it's a really a good topic to to discuss. Um, and and what many people may not be aware of is that we really are getting exposed to the writings of the prophets much, much more so than we ever did before. Uh, after the reform of the, of the sacred liturgy following the Second Vatican Council, in the lectionary, if you will, in the in the missal, all the readings were in the missal before the reform of the liturgy. Uh, there were very, very few references to the prophets, some very classical ones that we hear often, especially those associated uh, with the prophecies of Christ's birth and, and his passion and death. But we really did not hear 
a lot of the readings from the prophets. But in the reform of the sacred liturgy, particularly with reform to the lectionary and the readings that we hear at Mass, on Sundays uh, anyway, uh, we are exposed to those three uh, readings, uh, well, four if you want to count the psalm, which mm-hmm. you should be counting because it's, it's a book of the right. Bible. So those four scripture readings we have now, um, we have the first reading, which most often is taken uh, from uh, the Old Testament, and very often from the prophets. Uh, then we, we have the psalm response. Then we usually have a, 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 a epistle or of St. Paul or one of the other pastoral epistles. Uh, and then, of course, we have the, the gospel. So we're hearing the prophets a lot more than, than we ever have, uh, or at least in recent church history. So, yeah, people are kind of interested in who are, the, who are these people mm-hmm. and, and, and what is their place and significance in, in, the, in the church in the, in the history of our faith, in the history of salvation. You put it well. They play a vital role in God's unfolding uh, of his eternal plan of salvation for, for humanity. And I think one of the uh, immediate sort of uh, misconceptions that we need to get out of the way is that prophets are simply predictors of the future. Uh, this is a, this is a, a, a very limited and impoverished understanding of who the prophets were. But, you know, we, we use that word, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, in our culture today, you know, you, you know prophecy, and it's right. like some prediction of something that's going to happen in the future. And so people think that prophecy is simply about predicting the future. And that's really not the primary role of the prophets. The prophets are the, the spokesmen for God. Mm-hmm. These are the ones who speak for God to his people. Now, sometimes the prophets speak in future terms. Sometimes they do predict, if you will, or talk about events that are to come. Uh, we see this in, in many of the prophets. Of course, Isaiah uh, is, is probably the best known of all the prophets and, and probably the most, uh, we're most familiar with his prophecies because in the writings of Isaiah, we see references to uh, the virgin birth. We see references to the birth of Christ, to the life of Christ. We see especially references uh, to the passion of, Christ, of the Christ, the suffering servant uh, in Isaiah. So yes, in, in a certain sense, sometimes the prophets are speaking about future events, mm-hmm. and in that sense, sort of uh, writing about the future that is yet to come, and especially these, these Christological references, these references to Jesus. But uh, that's, a, that's a different level of meaning of, what, of the message of the prophets. In other words, when Isaiah, let's just take him again as an example, when Isaiah is speaking to the people of his time, uh, what's in the mind of the people that he is speaking to is not some future event of, of Christ and the, uh, the, the coming of the Messiah, although eventually we get to see that unfold. He's speaking to people of a particular time, a particular place, in particular circumstances, and he speaks for God uh, to those people. So God uses the prophets to deliver a message uh, to his people at various times, uh, especially in the history of Israel and the formation 
of 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 the chosen the the chosen people. Right, right. And I think about how God prepares these prophets. Typically, we'll hear something like, "The Lord said to Elijah," "The Lord said to Isaiah." That there's this way in which the Lord is communicating. I mean, this is awesome for me to think about. The Lord slowly unfolds this salvific plan. It's not overnight that that we know what's happening. Uh, Jesus didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. There was a, a whole period of time for our hearts, probably to be ready right, for the message, right. but maybe a little bit about how these, the way the Lord has spoken over time to these prophets and their openness to respond. Yes, their openness to respond and sometimes their their hesitancy, hesitancy to respond. <laughs> who, uh, who me? <laughs> yes, you know, and that and that's that's kind of a yeah. These are uh, these are spokesmen that that the Lord ha- has chosen. So. Uh, you know, the reason the the writings of the prophets are included in sacred scripture is because they are considered to be the inspired word of God. That 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 these words that we see recorded in the old, especially in the Old Testament, uh, these words are inspired in that uh, they they are the Holy Spirit speaking in and through. Uh, the prophets and through the historical circumstances as well. I mean, there's different kinds. There's different kinds of books mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. We, we most people know this. There's historical literature. There is, a, 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 you know, parable literature. There is uh, prophetic literature. There is wisdom literature. There are songs. You know, the Book of Psalms is, is a book of song. So there are different genres, if you will, of literature that are all part of the Old Testament. The prophetic literature. Literature, the the writings of the prophets, is this particular way where the Holy Spirit inspires in in the prophet uh, a word that that the prophet speaks uh, to God's people, and it isn't you know people shouldn't think that you know the uh, you know the necessarily the prophet is sitting there you know one ear to the sky one. Uh, you know, hand to 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 a scroll, recording words that he's hearing. Although he, at times you do hear the word of the Lord speaking very clearly to the prophets, and they're accurately representing that word. But but these are these are are are, are people who are inspired by the Holy Spirit to speak a message to God's people. This is how God spoke to His people, and He prepares them. He calls them. Uh, we get we get a lot of, of of stories of the callings of of the prophets, and uh, you know probably you know one of the most famous is Jeremiah, uh, the prophet. Uh, you know the great prophet Jeremiah. He's another one of the major prophets. There's major and minor prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremiah is considered one of the major prophets. You know God calls him to be his his prophet to, to be his spokesman for the people, and Jeremiah protests. I'm too young, uh, you know. I'm too young to to be uh, uh, your your spokesman, Lord. And and the Lord says to him, you know, say not, you are too young, you know. I will put you know my words. And 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 it's a beautiful passage, one that we often use actually in 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 our in our pro life work, where God says to Jeremiah, you know, uh, before you, I formed you mm-hmm. in the womb, I knew I you. Knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to the nations. Mm-hmm. In other words, Jeremiah as prophet, and, and this would speak to all the prophets, but the Lord speaks specifically to Jeremiah, that even before Jeremiah was conceived in the womb of his mother, God from all eternity was already calling him to be a prophet to the nations, to be his his spokesman. So God, God 
calls and, and, and prepares. Uh, you know, we have Isaiah, you know, uh, who, who will go for me? You know, uh, here I am, Lord, send me. In fact, that, that, that song that's been very popular in the church, Here I Am, Lord, is based on that, on that call of the prophet, you know, to, to, to you know, who, who will take our message to them? Mm-hmm. Whom shall we send? Here I am, Lord, send me, I will go. Uh, and speak your word to your people. So it's a it's a way that God lovingly instructs His people. And again, so we got we have to get away from this idea that prophets are just predicting future. They are speaking to God's people in a very concrete time mm-hmm. with the people in a very concrete situation that they are facing. And sometimes, uh, the words of the prophets, uh, which are the words of the Lord to his people, sometimes they are uh, words of warning. Sometimes God, you know, because of the infidelities of the people, he's warning them. You know, if you do not amend your ways, you know, X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Uh, so sometimes it's a warning. Uh, it's, sometimes it's a call to conversion, a call a, a back uh, to him, you know, Hosea. Uh, the great prophet Hosea, you know, come back to me, you know, come back to me, my people, you know, with all your heart. Uh, so sometimes it's it's a call to conversion. It's a call to come back to the Lord, to come away from their infidelities. You know, the people are constantly being tempted by the nations around them to go the, the, the way of the nations, to worship false gods. So God calls his people back. Um, sometimes it's a, simply a word of rebuke. Uh, for, for the people. And very often, it's a word of comfort mm-hmm. and consolation to people. Um, you know, God speaks to his people in exile, especially in the Babylonian exile. So he, he speaks a word of comfort uh, for his people. How does the great oratorio, uh, the Messiah, begin? But by quoting the prophet, you know, mm-hmm. comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. You know, so he brings a word of comfort to his people in, in tribulation and in, in trial. So it's all of these things. It's, it's God speaking to his people a, a word that they need to hear at a particular time, in a particular place, under particular circumstances. Again, sometimes a warning, sometimes a rebuke, sometimes a call to conversion, sometimes a, a word of consolation and, and comfort and of promise. Uh, for a better time in the future. And I think one of the great prophecies we have is, is in Jeremiah, where God predicts the new covenant. And we have the covenant that Moses sealed with the people uh, at, at, at uh, Mount Sinai with a sprinkling of blood. And then when Moses sprinkles the blood, he says, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord your God makes with you today. Jeremiah predicts the day of the new covenant. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with your fathers uh, before you, because you, you failed to keep that covenant. But this is a new covenant that will, I will write it upon your hearts, and uh, your sins I will forgive and I will remember them no more. It's a prediction of this, this new covenant that's coming. Well, what does Jesus say at the mm-hmm. Last Supper? This is the new covenant in my blood. You know, the prophet sometimes is, is promising that future uh, in which God is going to act in a new and powerful way, which, of course, he did most profoundly in, in, in Jesus. Right. 
And, you know, and as you explain this, Archbishop, it just tells me, and for those people out there who may doubt, is there a God? This shows such a loving, such a concerned, such a always wanting to be involved in my life in all times, that this is a God who loves, this is a God who wants to be connected, who wants to have an intimate relationship. For those who might be struggling with their faith, we can learn a lot, I think, from the prophets. And then, of course, the ultimate comes to fruition in Jesus Christ. Right, exactly, because the interesting thing about the Word of God and the words of the prophets are indeed the words of God they they speak they they not only speak to the people uh, to whom those words were originally addressed at a again at a particular mm-hmm. time in particular circumstances with whatever the struggles or the failings were of the people at that time but the, the, it's a living word the word of God is alive the uh, the scriptures are alive and God speaks to us even today through the words of his prophets i can tell you as i read over the, the scriptures and you know uh, those of us who pray the divine office the liturgy of the hours we are exposed uh, additionally to to the writings of the prophets you know especially in the office of readings very often we'll get um, a string of time when we're simply reading the, the stories of the prophets. And as, as I meditate and, and, and read those words of the prophets, yeah, sometimes they're just historical words and I understand the circumstances of, of the people at the time and those words God is addressing to his people. But sometimes they speak very personally to mm-hmm. me. God is speaking a word to his people through the prophets that speaks directly to me where I'm at in my life right now. And again, it's the same thing. Sometimes it's a little bit of a word of rebuke and a call back to fidelity and faithfulness to God. And often it's a word of comfort and consolation for me. Sometimes it's a word of hope, you know, and, and gosh, isn't our world in need of hope today more than ever probably? And, and so the, the prophet, God speaks to his people through the prophets, a word of hope as well. Um, you know, there's one of the lines from the prophets, you know, I, I, I give you a future full of hope. So, you know, the words of, of the prophets can speak to us in the concrete circumstances, you know, of our own life in our, in our own time, in addition to being historically bound, you know, to a people God was addressing initially, and as much as many of the prophecies do indeed refer to Christ. And sometimes the prophet speaks to the people as a whole. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he speaks to individuals. Sometimes a prophet is sent to an individual. Usually it's one of the kings, one of the rulers of Israel, and, and really, more often than not, is, is calling them to task for their failures uh, to be faithful to God as they, as they shepherd and, and govern their people. Right. And I think one thing that we can learn, at least what I'm trying to learn from the prophets, is that as Catholics, as believers of Jesus Christ, we do need to be bold in speaking the truth. And in some areas, that's difficult to do. But the prophets push through those difficult times where there was a king that was leading the family, uh, the community into idolatry. That was going on quite a bit, or the Baals and, and the different uh, ways that they were profaning against the Lord. And yet... If we're also called it to be a prophet with a little p, but right. to stand in the truth of God, um, we need that strength or that courage and that dependence on God to hold steady to the truth. 
Exactly. And, you know, the, the, the fact is that many of the prophets suffered greatly, mm-hmm. suffered greatly for their witness to God and for being uh, the spokesman for God, to deliver God's word uh, to, to the people uh, or to individuals, to kings and rulers especially. And so often the, 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 the prophets were severely persecuted, imprisoned, you know, beaten, uh, threatened with death. Jesus refers to this in the Gospels. You know, he talks about how, how badly <laughs> the people of, of, of uh, the past treated the prophets that God sent to his people. And so oftentimes uh, the prophetic voice uh, is, is one that is not welcomed and is often rejected and persecution uh, will come to the prophet for speaking the truth, uh, God's truth, to the people. Because, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so they reject it, and so they reject the messenger and even persecute and, and punish uh, the, 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 the speaker, <laughs> the one who delivers the message. And we see this. The people will rebel against mm-hmm. the, the prophets at times, and oftentimes it's, it's a particular ruler who will, doesn't like what the prophet is delivering from God and so will imprison them or persecute them or run them out. Um, but you're right. The prophetic voice is not dead in the church. The church continues to be a prophetic voice in the world, or at least we're, we're, we're called to be that. And as you say, uh, Dina Maria, uh, you know, prophet with a, with a little p, our words are not going to be uh, enshrined in sacred scripture is the inspired word of God. Uh, you know, the, the divine revelation uh, is, is complete, you know, uh, in, until the Lord comes again in glory. So our, our voices are not, are not uh, prophetically inspired in the, in the same way that the, the prophets that we're speaking of, the, the, uh, the prophets of the, of the old covenant uh, we're speaking of. But we are called to be a prophetic voice, mm-hmm. and we can receive inspiration from the prophets who had the courage, who had the faith, who had the trust in God, even in the face of persecution, to speak God's word and truth uh, to, to the world that needed to hear it. And so, uh, you know, Jesus himself, we, we honor him in his threefold office as priest, prophet, and king. And in Christ's prophetic office as prophet, he, he teaches he speaks the truth. I am the way and the truth and the life. You know, he says to Pilate, whoever, uh, you know, listens to me, listens to the truth. Um, and uh, so Christ had a prophetic office to preach God's truth in, in his time, to bring the fullness of revelation. But we also, by our baptism, we participate in Christ's prophetic role. And this is something very important to know. When we are baptized and we are anointed at baptism, uh, we are anointed to participate in Christ's prophetic, priestly, kingly office. And in that prophetic office, what does that mean? It means we are called to teach the faith. We are called to share the faith. We are called to speak the truth in love. And, And so, yes, the prophetic voice not so much, again, predicting future, mm-hmm. but, but, but being prophetic in the sense that not afraid to speak the truth into the culture sometimes that doesn't want to hear the truth. And we see this today very strongly. We are entering into, you know, I, I often say this, 
in past decades and in, in, in recent centuries, you know, it, it was easier to speak uh, the truth of the gospel, to speak the truth about uh, the human person, to speak the truth about God, to speak about the truth about our relationship with God, to speak the truth about human relationships and human nature, uh, because the culture supported it. Now we're in a time, as we keep saying, sort of in this new apostolic time, when Christendom, as we knew it at least, is no longer. And the v- culture no longer holds these values. In fact, holds contrary values. We see this all the time. You know, what's happening with regard to our understanding of the nature of the human person, uh, what we understand about marriage, what we understand about human sexuality, what we understand about family life, what we understand about justice for the poor and the oppressed and the immigrant, you know, what we understand about Catholic social teaching and moral teaching runs contrary to the state of the culture today. So we are living in a time when simply to speak the truth of our Catholic faith and belief, our Christian belief rooted in Scripture and in the sacred tradition of the Church, is to be prophetic, to be honest. You know, a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. to, to speak of these things, to speak of what marriage is really all about, to speak of the nature of the human person, even the destiny of the human person as destined for eternal life, this was nothing new. It wasn't anything controversial. Now it is. Mm-hmm. To speak the truth about the the dignity of the human person created in God's image and likeness, male and female, that goes against the culture. And it takes courage to be prophetic and not being afraid to shy away from the truth. When we speak about the dignity of human life and the unborn and the elderly and the infirm and the sick, that runs counter to the culture that that has physician-assisted suicide and abortion on demand. You know, to speak the truth about marriage and what marriage is all about, uh, one man, one woman for life, bringing forth God-willing children. All of these things, which were common to uh, all of us in decades past, now to speak these things is to be prophetic. But we have to have that courage. We have to have the courage of the prophets uh, and the faith of the prophets uh, to be able to speak that truth in love. Right. And I think what we want to continue to Witness is that message, as you talked about, hope and comfort and the promise, God's salvific uh, plan, and, and, and look to the, I guess, to the intercession of those prophets to help Absolutely. us in these challenging Yeah, it's times. interesting. The Western Church doesn't honor the prophets as saints, yeah. uh, which is just our, our tradition and culture, whereas in the Eastern Church, mm-hmm. uh, Eastern Christian churches, uh, Orthodox and Eastern Catholic churches, they do actually celebrate the prophets uh, as as uh, uh, as saints, yeah. uh, you know, so it's it's we can seek the intercession of the, of the prophets who went before us to give us that courage to to be bold witnesses in love uh, before the world to the truth uh, of what's been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that reflection, and I just want to encourage people to continue to read, listen to the scriptures, the the Word, and the Eucharist as we come together for the holy celebration of the Mass. And with that, would you please help us close with your blessing? Yes, through the intercession of all the saints and all of the prophets, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God bless you.
You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.